What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're talking about Tesla Q3 2019 earnings and conference call. Unbelievable quarter for the company. The stock is up about 20%. Uh, as I'm recording this episode after hours, I just got off the conference call. It's late night in, in New York, but I have a ton of charts for us to run through. Um, so much to unpack in this quarter. It's been a huge day of just learning, reading, catching up. So we're going to cover it all in this episode. Um, you can go to hypercharts.co slash TSLA if you want to check out the financials yourself. We're going through them. But anyway, without further ado, let's just get right into it. So I always like to start with the vehicle deliveries. This is the backbone of Tesla's business. How many cars did they actually sell in the quarter? 97,000. That gave us a good clue to plug into our models. Um, this is what the financials were looking like heading into the quarter. As you can see, strong growth. Um, Tesla lost about 200 million last quarter on revenue of 6.3 billion. This is what I thought those 97,000 deliveries translated into. Uh, I was estimating revenue of 6.4 billion, um, a loss of about 100 million or actually 62 million if you wanna get technical with it. This is what Tesla actually reported a little bit lighter on the revenue, 6.3 billion um, and 300 million or so if you round up of operating income, actually about 261 million. So profitable quarter from an operating income and actually a gap perspective for Tesla. So they huge surprise on profitability. And I think a lot of skeptics are going to point to the year-over-year -year decline in revenue and operating income from Q3 2018. Uh, it's very important to not take that out of context. First of all, you can see um, that this was like a huge growth quarter for Tesla. They were delivering a ton of early Model 3s at super high ASPs with the $7,500 tax credit. They had higher Model S and X sales. So despite delivering more cars this quarter, revenue was decreasing a little bit. But I think it's unfair to comp it to that quarter. If you look back at two years ago to the Q3 2017, you can see we more than doubled revenue in two years from $3 billion 6.3 billion. The, we've gone from losing money, 500 million, to actually making 300 million. So in a long-term trajectory, we've, these are incredibly encouraging results. Um, and if you continue to factor in the growth from the future products, I think we're just getting started here uh, for the fun of Tesla. So the real reason they surprised this quarter was gross margin. Last quarter, they had overall gross margin of 14.5%, which as you can see, has sort of been struggling since the Model 3 launched their lower price vehicle. I was expecting a bounce back to about 15.8% this quarter. So a slight sort of sequential improvement as they continue to make uh, you know improvements in the manufacturing line for the Model 3 at Fremont. This is the number that surprised huge beat on gross margin, 18.9%. And this is what drove those profits throughout the rest of the income statement and led to that really strong operating income number. But not only did we have Tesla making way more money per car sold, they also did this while reducing expenses. As you can see, operating expenses were almost the lowest they've been since uh, 2017, 928 million, a huge decline from Q3 2018. Um, so even though Tesla delivered more cars this quarter, they actually dropped their expenses. This is part of a huge cost-cutting effort that Tesla's been that's been underway at Tesla for almost a year or two now, um, where they've really you know, decided to focus on profitability, but really at a core company culture level and just trim unnecessary expenses and really sort of mature as an organization. And we are seeing the results of that strong revenue numbers, uh, you know, great gross profit and reduced expenses. And, and that means millions, actually hundreds of millions of dollars flowing to the bottom line. Energy revenue, I was expecting about 400 million. They came in right about 402 million. So a good quarter from that. Lots of excellent commentary on the conference call as well. And the other thing that didn't get enough love that I wanted to point out is the gross margin on that energy revenue of 22% um, is the strongest we've seen since 2017, a huge bounce 
bounce back. So not only do we see revenue, energy revenue start picking back up again, but the profitability of that revenue is headed in the right direction as well. Um, and if we take a look under the hood at the energy business, battery deployments, this has been a huge bright spot for Tesla. Um, you know, those power pack and power wall products hitting a record of 477 uh, megawatt hours installed in the quarter, huge growth year over year from 239, over 100% or about 100% growth. I think this is just getting started and it's set to grow in a huge way, but more on that in a second. Solar deployments, which had been a huge sort of uh, you know, a uh, weak point for Tesla since the acquisition of Solar City, they've been switching away from leases um, and to cash and loan sales, and that meant declining energy generation installed in terms of megawatt hours. Now we saw that bounce back up 48% in the quarter to 43 megawatt hours. So that is the result of Tesla, you know, renewed focus on the solar leasing product in both residential and commercial that they put out this quarter. For these next charts, I want to go into Tesla's actual report for the quarter, which they switched up, and it looks beautiful. Amazing job, Martin, and Tesla's IR team for this new quarterly report format because I was blown away. I loved it. Um, and this is to give you a little bit of taste uh, that the cash flow chart is incredible. So we're looking at here in blue operating cash flow, um, which is basically cash flow from the business, and then operating cash flow as CapEx, basically free cash flow, is the amount of money they uh, the business made after paying for future growth of factories for in this quarter, Model Y and Gigafactory Shanghai. So as you can see, um, I just wanted to highlight this because in the past five quarters, we've had four quarters of positive operating cash flow and it's in the hundreds of millions. I mean, Tesla's literally pumping out hundreds of millions of dollars. And this is probably more important than profitability right now is cash in the bank. And it was incredibly strong um, because of the strong cash flow of the business. And this is really just a symptom of Tesla purchasing all those machine and equipment for Model 3s up front, basically the robots to build the cars. Now they're building the cars, collecting the revenue. As you can see in the past five quarters um, that they've really been pumping out all of these Model 3s at sort of full production, the cash flow profile of the business has improved significantly. So now we're just going to walk through the shareholder letter. Um, uh, there's a bunch of different stuff I want to highlight. When I opened this, I kind of like freaked out because it's really like a slide a slide deck looks totally different um, than Tesla's usual format, but I love it. And so they start with this highlights and summary page, cash balance of $5.3 billion, uh, the biggest it's ever been. Uh, profitability, once again, they're profitable on a gap and uh, EBIT basis, um, mostly because of the improvements in gross margin there. Operations, this is huge. Gigafactory Shanghai ahead of schedule. Model Y ahead of schedule. Expected by summer 2020. I need to do a huge victory lap on that because I've been saying that on HyperChange. Huge shout out to Julian um, who was at the shareholder meeting with me and we've had the kernel of that idea since. So to now them see them officially put that in the guidance this quarter that Model Y is ahead of schedule is, is tremendously exciting. Validates a bunch of the HyperChange research and theories and it just means we're going to get revenue from that product sooner. Very exciting. Gigafactory Shanghai ahead of schedule as well. I mean, that's less of a surprise if you've been following the videos and the progress there. It's been unbelievable. Also, they have a summary. I only thought the last part was worth reading. They say we have also dramatically improved the pace of execution and capital efficiency of new production lines. Gigafactory Shanghai was built in 10 months and is ready for production. While it was 65% less expensive, CapEx per unit of capacity to build than our Model 3 production system in the US. Continued volume growth and cost control are an important combination for achieving sustained industry-leading profitability. And we're going to see this trend keep popping up for Tesla. They're extremely efficient in CapEx. Their pace of innovation in the machine that builds the machine and the actual factory is incredible. Every new production line is so much better than the last. And they're telling you this here, 65% less expensive per unit of CapEx. That's even better than their guidance. Um, and this is why even though CapEx is bouncing back, it's not bouncing back as high as it was because they're getting more efficient spending with that CapEx. Um, and the way this is going to flow through the income statement, which Rob from Tesla Daily was saying on the earnings preview episode, is you know Tesla has to depreciate and amortize that CapEx over time on its income 
income statement. Um, and that's not a cash expense. But if you have less CapEx per vehicle, which they're saying, less depreciation amortization per vehicle, you're going to see higher gap profits flow through as these new manufacturing lines get up and running. Now let's go into the uh, next part of the, the shareholder letter, the financials. Um, just some quick stuff I wanted to highlight here because we already went through most of this. Regulatory credits were actually down year over year from 189 million in Q3 2018 to 134 million and only up about 23 million sequentially. So the, the gross margin improvement was really Tesla's core manufacturing technology. Don't let the shorts on Twitter convince you that it was just the, the ZEV credits because that was only 20 million. That was just a fraction of the improvement of Tesla's core profitability. The, uh, the real reason their gross margin went up so much is that they're actually getting better at making cars, more efficient, labor hours reducing. We're going to get to more on that in a second, though. Wanted to go to this part, which is really the bread and butter of that cash situation. So as I said, CapEx bounces back to $385 million, up from $250 million as they're spending on Gigafactory 3, Model Y in Shanghai. Um, but then you still have positive, positive cash flow, uh, even with these expenses. And that's why the cash has gone up and is at the highest level ever, over $5.3 billion. A year ago, the cash was at $3 billion. So um, not only has Tesla grown and made investments in their, their growth and, and sort of uh, been focusing on the future, but their cash has been going up while doing it. This is awesome. Now let's talk about the financial summary. Just one thing I wanted to point out here. We also expect to gradually recognize over 500 million of deferred revenue um, tied to the autopilot and full self-driving feature. Um, they actually even disclosed the exact amount of revenue recognized this quarter, which was 30 million from the uh, release of Smart Summon. So, you know, they're getting paid that revenue for that $6,000 fully self-driving and going up, um, up front, but they're not allowed to recognize all that revenue um, until they deliver all of those features. So um, as they deliver more and more of these features, we're gonna see more of that deferred revenue drop in help the gross margin as well, help the gap income statement. But that's really just an accounting game because Tesla already has that cash in the bank. Now let's talk about profitability here. Um, they say that margin was improved to fundamental improvements in our operating efficiency, not just the, the ZEV credits. And I already kind of said that, but I just think it's so, so important to reiterate that every single quarter Tesla is improving its manufacturing process. And we're seeing that show up in the gross margin line. Here they confirm what I was talking about earlier. The CapEx spend increase is related to production capacity increase for Model Y, for Gigafactory Shanghai. And you'll notice that once Tesla gets a production line up and running, their CapEx goes down to almost nothing. It's all upfront CapEx to get it started. Maintenance CapEx is extremely low. The only time they're increasing CapEx is for new production lines. And even those new increases in CapEx are very small uh, relative to the amount of units we're going to get or vehicles that they're going to be able to produce. Moving to this operational summary, we already know all of these numbers, except I wanted to highlight um, just a couple little details. Store and service locations, um, only up 18% year over year to 413 while mob mobile service fleets were up 93% year over year to 719. So interesting to see that focus more on mobile service fleets. Um, in terms of supercharger stations, up 22% year over year. Connectors up 32%. Destination charters up 16%. You might be like, wow, that's lower growth than everything else in Tesla's business. Well, how do you how should you think about that? V3 supercharging just came out, which means the throughput ability of superchargers in theory is vastly going up. Like the amount of, of you know charges a supercharger can give per day, the amount of cars it can service uh, for the whole network goes up as they improve the charging speed. So not only expanding locations for the superchargers, but they're improving the speed. So I think once you layer that on, you'll realize that they are doing enough um, to grow the supercharger network. 
vehicle capacity. I love this slide. This slide is so simply puts um, what many of us have been scratching our heads about, um, uh, you know, laying out where they build what and where. Um, here they give us little details on Fremont, Model Y equipment installation is underway in advance of planning launch next year, moving forward faster than thought using learnings um, gained from Gigafactory Shanghai. Cost per unit of CapEx is forecasted to be a 50% lower than our current Model 3 production system in the US. Once again, that CapEx per unit of capacity continues to decrease. Shanghai, they're already producing vehicles on a trial basis from body to paint to general assembly at Gigafactory Shanghai. That's right, they're already building cars in Shanghai, in China, the made in China Model 3 tests beta cars are underway. Um, they even have this little tidbit here I love. China is by far the largest market for midsize premium sedans with Model 3 pricing on par to gasoline-powered midsize sedans. Um, even before savings and other benefits, we believe China could become the biggest market for Model 3. They have that chart of global so uh, midsize premium sedan sales in 2018. You can see that China with over 500,000 of them compared for just 300,000 for the US and Canada. So this just goes to show you what they're trying to hint at here is saying, this Model 3 in China is going to become a huge product. We could be selling 150,000 units per year of just the Model 3 in just China. Um, huge needle mover for the company in terms of revenue and profitability over the next couple quarters. Europe, they are currently in the final stages of selecting Gigafactory 3 in Europe. Elon said on the conference call, they're going to announce the final um, place for that in before the end of this year. And they actually want to start like uh, building the factory in 2021, I believe. Um, and if I had to guess where this is going to be, it's going to be in Germany, already a hub for car manufacturing. And if you look at it geographically about where you'd want to ship cars to other, you know, densely populated places in Europe, I think Germany is a no brainer for where that will be announced. And this is just the excitement of Tesla's product pipeline. I mean, right now they have Model S and X, Model 3, Model 3 in, in China, which is getting off the ground, but there's, you know, six or seven more production lines and new products that are going to, uh, and new production lines that are going to start to be built over the coming year or two that, and when Tesla says they have the most exciting product pipeline in the world, when, you know, Elon Musk keeps touting that, this is what he's talking about. Like now we have the money to spend. We know how to build these manufacturing lines. Um, it's all about executing and, and expanding production. And this is the game plan. Um, and they're going to be doing it globally. Here they update us on their core technology. They start with autopilot and full self-driving. Um, in September, they did over a million smart summons. Uh, their neural network is learning uh, to continue to iterate and improve this functionality over time. They also mentioned the safety. They only registered one accident for every 4.34 million miles uh, with autopilot engaged versus 0.5 million miles based on NHTSA's most recent US data. So potentially eight times safer um, if you're on autopilot than in a normal car or eight times like less likely to get into a crash. They also say they, they release V10 software. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this when I cover the conference call, but that was a huge update in terms of fun and functionality for the vehicle. Um, they hear they mentioned the powertrain, um, which they're continuing to improve, basically saying we improved the range of the Model 3 standard range from 240 to 250 because of improvements in efficiency at the powertrain le level rather than a costly increase to battery size. So even though they're not changing the battery size, they're still able to increase range with this new powertrain. So that's really fascinating. Other highlights, um, energy storage and generation. I already showed you the chart with huge growth there. But the one thing I wanted to mention is that the first liveries of the Megapack, that big battery above, that three megawatt hour uh, system is going to start in Q4 2019. It wasn't even in Q3. My point here is that Tesla's energy storage business has been on fire and we could see this growth accelerate now that they have their much bigger product that it seems like they created out of market demand from huge utility customers that wanted to install that. And so my point is Tesla's energy business has been on fire without their biggest, potentially most needle moving product yet, which is going to come online in Q4 and be a catalyst to continue that energy storage growth. Um, here's a bit about Tesla insurance, which they launched in August and enabling many customers to save 20 to 30%. Um, still only available in California, but they're learning here um, and still going to expand quickly, although they didn't actually give us a, a timeline on that. Then we have the Outlook. Um, last part of the letter I'm going to go through here, 
They say deliveries should increase sequentially and annually with some expected fluctuations from seasonality. We are highly confident in exceeding 360,000 deliveries this year. Huge. Um, this is, the, you know, Tesla this is the low end of their guidance, but Tesla is famous for not being able to hit their guidance, for missing targets. There, there's a change going on underway at Tesla. They have learned how to sandbag. They have learned how to manage Wall Street. They've learned how to hit their targets. Um, it's a real growing up phase for Tesla that's happened in the past year. And this implies deliveries of potentially 105,000 next quarter, which would be a record, which would mean another crushing it quarter in terms of profitability and cash flow, positive quarterly free cash flow going forward, possible temporary exceptions around launch of new products. Um, but the business has grown to the point of being self-funding. I think that's pretty self-explanatory when you look at the statements. Uh, profitability uh, going forward on a gap net income basis uh, with just a couple exceptions as well. And then product outlook here is we have the Model 3 Shanghai production has begun ahead of schedule, also ahead of schedule to produce Model Y, now expected to launch by summer 2020. We are planning to produce a limited volumes of Tesla Semi in 2020 and are hoping to announce the, the soon the location of European Gigafactory for production in 2021. Now let's go into the conference call where Elon Musk and his management team take questions from analysts and retail investors. Elon Musk starts uh, with his intro remarks as always. And he all, the first thing he always does, which is to me really awesome and sort of subtle, but is part of the reason I love this company so much, thanks the team. Almost every single quarter, it's the first thing he starts with. Thank you to the team who worked hard. Execution was outstanding. Uh, record deliveries in Q3, minimizing expenses, gap profits, positive cash flow, operating costs lowest since the Model 3 started. Um, they started the production at Shanghai from body to paint to assembly. He's like, it's not just a lot on the outside. There's literally a ton of machinery on the inside that is getting ready and they're, they're doing beta versions of production. Um, he says the Gigafactory Shanghai is a, a template for future growth. Um, Model Y will be built there. Gigafactory Europe coming soon. Um, location announced by the end of this year, as I said, Model Y ahead of schedule, officially announcing that uh, timeline advance from fall 2020 to summer 2020. I love that. Um, early access program customers, this is a big one, will get feature complete full self-driving, appears to be on track, not for sure, but it looks to be on track by the end of this year. So Elon Musk uh, at Autonomy Investor Day promised that there would be feature complete full self-driving by the end of this year um, to, for Tesla customers. I was like, whoa. And basically now he's going back to that saying he's not 100% sure it'll happen, but he thinks early access program, which is basically a Tesla program for customers who decide to like try the new products early. Um, it's a handful, a smaller group of Tesla owners, but they will get that um, as soon as the next two to three months, which is huge, huge news. And, and just frankly, really exciting to see that they're still sort of on track and pushing in that direction. That's a subtle sign that autopilot progress is going really well. Um, he says lots happening with advancements in batteries and more efficient powertrains. That'll be something for a future time, Battery Investor Day. Then he drops a bomb and goes, tomorrow afternoon, we're releasing V3 of Solar Roof. This is one of my biggest questions was, okay, you're pushing into solar leasing uh, with this new commercial residential offering. What about the solar roof? This was supposed to be the year of the solar roof. Has that totally you know, been forgotten? No, they're having an event tomorrow about the solar roof. So of course, I'm going to have to be you know, paying attention to that. Kirkhorn comes on, the CFO, great cue for Tesla, thanks the team for his hard work, says we return to profitability in Q3, improve gross profit, less expenses, and no one-time items that were weighing on us in the first half of the year. Um, gross margin improvements through higher volume production, uh, which means you know larger fit, which means better fixed cost absorption, reduce labor hours per vehicles, uh, 
as well as better logistics, deliveries, and imports. So basically Tesla improving every aspect of that process to get gross margins up. They also said Model S and X ASPs increase, Model 3 ASP decreased slightly, demonstrated strong cash flow despite leasing and stronger CapEx spend. So apparently leasing is a headwind on the cash flow. I didn't think that before, but apparently it is. Um, the cash balance increased by more than 300 million to 5.3. Sorry that I'm reiterating some stuff, but they just reiterate it in the conference calls. Then I love how Kirkhorn says this. He's like, capital spend, we're increasing for Model Y and Shanghai, but he's getting a lot of questions from investors about why is the increase so low? Why does it look like you're spending so much less per car? And he's like, that's what we've been saying. We keep making progress on improving capital efficiency, on improving CapEx per unit of production. And that's why you're seeing us expand production in a huge way, but CapEx isn't ballooning the way all these financial analysts thought it would because they weren't believing Tesla's pace of innovation at the manufacturing level, but it's really coming to fruition here. And so they also mentioned the global order rate has been strong. Backlog's been growing quarter to date orders significantly higher than last quarter. Um, and they are focusing on increasing production as fast as we can. We got energy operations uh, executive. I couldn't really get his name. He's been running the Tesla energy deployment and fulfillment team for about, he's been with Tesla for four years. Um, says great progress in storage and deployments. And then Elon chimes in here and they sort of talk about why they made this new solar model. They, they fixed it into three buckets, small, medium, large uh, systems, super transparent pricing. They've shrunk down the amount of visits it takes to actually install it because of this simplified process from three visits to one visit. And they're making it way faster to install. Um, I wasn't quite sure on this, but there's some sort of permit process you need for solar panels. Um, and they say that they've gotten this uh, permit process accepted in 350 cities and counties with a bunch more coming. This is a huge edge, will be very important as the solar roof scales. Uh, it means installation timelines going from months to days. The other thing he says about the solar is one thing that Hyperchain just mentioned again is why is Tesla getting into this? Why is it making so much sense? There's no marketing expense. If you take away that huge chunk of the marketing cost stack that all of these other residential solar companies are doing, you have a huge, huge advantage. And that's exactly why it's a no-brainer for Tesla to go into this. All of their EV buyers want solar panels and many of them also want power walls and power packs. Um, so it's even more of a synergistic zero marketing spend, you know, adjacent verticals for these same customers. And then they mentioned how the California blackouts, if you know, this is almost going too perfectly for Tesla, but PG&E can't get its shit together. They're doing rolling blackouts in California and it makes it the like, like, and they say they're planning this for almost 10 years potentially. And so if you're out there thinking about solar and getting your battery, I mean, screw it being even cheaper from a financial perspective, being able to save you and print you money, which is what Elon, the whole point of this solar product is, but energy independence, not having your lights go off whenever PG&E feels like it. I think that's going to become a bigger and bigger selling point for this energy independence thesis of Tesla. Let's get into the Q&A portion of the call. Retail and institutional investors asking questions on say, um, institutional investors started this time. Uh, what is the opportunity for Tesla to create demand, advertising. Elon actually changes tune a little bit here. He says, we're not going to advertise now. We're doing great on demand, but in the future, we may actually advertise, not doing the typical BS marketing way, but just to inform and basically educate consumers. I love how Elon has sort of changes tune on this and is, is opening up to potentially marketing. This was a great question. Other than the robo-taxi, what are you most excited about of Tesla's business? Elon says, um, I think, the, the, or what's like least understood that's so exciting about Tesla's business? He says, the growth in energy and storage. Tesla energy, in the long term, I expect Tesla energy to be the same size as the automotive business. And he says, for almost 18 months or two years, they've been diverting resources away from uh, Tesla energy to basically make the company survive with Model 3 ramp. This meant capital, this meant battery cells, this meant engineers uh, that are going all to Model 3. Now that they've gotten past that sort 
sort of Model 3 production ramp crunch, they're reallocating resources to energy. Um, it's sort of back to moving full speed ahead, and that's where we're seeing the battery deployments pick up. That's where we're seeing the Mega Pack introduced. That's where we're seeing solar come back, seeing the solar uh, roof unveiled tomorrow. Like, I loved how candid this response was from Elon, too, just being honest about, you know, the struggles in the solar business and energy business and Model 3. And he kind of reiterates that Tesla don't, people at Tesla don't get that the goal is to not just have sustainable energy consumption with cars, but sustainable energy storage. And this is there's even another one, uh, production. So Tesla's this energy flywheel company. They're not just selling cars. They're not just selling batteries. They're not just doing robo-taxis. They are a company that is, wants to change the way we consume energy, we store energy, and we produce energy. It's this amazing flywheel. And those are the three product categories that I see Tesla going to a long-term that could make them a massive company. And that's why focusing on the solar business and energy storage business as they play out is so important. And he says, to that tune, Elon says they're going to start publishing energy generation numbers, how much energy Tesla customers are producing with those products, um, because you'll see that it's almost offsetting the amount of energy consumed from the cars. And this is one of the biggest crit criticisms, Elon says, of electric cars. is like, oh, aren't you charging from the grid, burning fossil fuels, even, even though you are doing it way more efficiently than an ICE car? Now you can't even use that argument or won't be able to soon because it will literally be running off sunlight. How cool is that? A question about fully self-driving uh, uh, attach rates and whether they would consider selling uh, modules of the fully self-driving package, like Smart Summon is one thing, Autopilot is another thing, or are they just going to keep it sort of bundled? Uh, they say we're going to keep it bundled. And Elon keeps going on this fully self-driving feature and says, basically, when we turn it on, fully self-driving uh, will be the biggest step change in asset value in history. And this is sort of going back to that principle of the car, of Tesla being able to sell you a car for, you know, 45 grand, getting maybe seven or eight grand in profit to having that same car with an autonomous capability be able to be a robo-taxi and potentially be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, a huge change. And as we get closer to realizing that end vision of fully self-driving, the price for FSD is gonna to continue to climb. Tesla's uh, revenue is gonna be more and more software. Their gross margins are gonna go more and more up. The profitability and cash flow of the entire firm is gonna increase. And that is why it's so, so important to watch the rollout of this autopilot software. They talk about Model Y. Will that bring down uh, Model 3 production lines? They say no, um, it's gonna to be totally separate. On a question about Model Y margin, they expect long-term margin is gonna be better on the Model Y than Model 3. They're extremely excited about this uh, in the near term. But as always with these production ramps, you have a huge base of fixed costs. So as they start to ramp production, it's going to be lumpy. The margins are going to be worse. Um, but I think in the long term, margins for Model Y actually expect to be higher than Model 3. So going to the retail questions, um, I'm skipping a couple here, but just doing the most important. Uh, there's a question about deep scale. What's the deal with that acquisition? Are we still on track to see you know FSD feature complete with stoplights specifically and traffic lights by the end of this year? Um, Elon's like deep scale is a super tiny acquisition, 12 people with expertise in a efficiency of neural nets for a given power of compute. So basically strengthening the computer vision autopilot team working with Carpathy would be my guess. Um, they also say, what about the second piece of land at Gigafactory 3 Shanghai? Is that a battery manufacturing facility? As a ton of us have been speculating, the answer is yes. Um, update on in uh, car insurance, timeline for expansion. Uh, they can't give a timeline for expansion, but they're working as fast as we can. And they're saying it's not like we want to dominate the entire car insurance market. What's so awesome about this insurance product is like a G check to every other insurance company. It's it's another option out there that makes them adjust their pricing and make it more fair. And they're already seeing that work, which I thought was a really encouraging sign. And there's some skepticism uh, regarding fully self-driving ready by the end of this year. Um, so then Elon addresses that and basically says, look, now we have full speed autonomy on the highway and super low speed autonomy on the, you know, in parking lots with Summon. The new in the middle is going to be recognizing stoplights and traffic signs uh, in, in these mid-range situations. And that's sort of the city driving SFD feature complete that's coming to early access program 
customers very soon. I would be pumped. If you have EAP, like this news has got to be super exciting for you because um, I, I can't wait to see people trying that out on YouTube. Um, and then Elon goes on to reiterate, there's three levels of autonomy, um, feature complete, or they think about it. The way Tesla thinks about it, there's three levels. You have feature complete, requires oversight and intervention at all times, which is, or at some times, but always oversight. That'll be what Tesla releases hopefully by the end of this year to some customers. Then they have, we think the car is good enough to drive without supervision. That's level two, where the Tesla thinks you can fall asleep. But level three is then where they have regulators say it's okay to actually turn this on. It's legal for the car to drive himself. So those are the three stages we're gonna have to go through to really get to that official robo-taxi launch. So then we have some more analysts come on the call actually asking questions in person or over the phone. Wolf Research, should we be prepared for headwinds in terms of like a margin as uh, Q4 uh, production in China gets off the ground. They said, yes, of course, we're trying to manage this. We're always going to have a hit to margins as we expand production because we have to, you know, spread those tiny car sales among the same big fixed costs. Um, but they also say um, on margin improvement, uh, cost reduction has been a huge focus, tough to quantify how much that's been ingrained in the company culture. So it seems like they're kind of reiterating that this ramp is going to be much more efficient than the previous one. Um, they also, Zach also, who seems like a conservative guy, the CEO says that we also kind of think is the smart sum in revenue recognition, almost as recurring in a way, because we have half a billion of revenue and, and potentially growing that's going to be recognized over time as we unveil these features. So every quarter, if let's assume Tesla does one little update each quarter, it could be $30 million or more each quarter um, in a recurring fashion that gets dropping the bottom line as software revenue. Actually, I think that's going to keep growing. So it's really, really exciting to see, you know, the CFO think that that's going to keep happening and keep being uh, something that we see more and more of. Adam Jonas, fair assumption that um, when Model 3 ramps in China, that could be the most profitable SKU you sell. So he's basically saying the profitability of the Model 3 in China is going to be way better than even the S or X in the U.S. Good question. Uh, they basically say, no, we don't, we can't see the future. We're targeting around the same margin. And then there's a really good question here that says, so no one's really committed to BEV since you launched the Model S, like those OG specs of 300 miles range still haven't been beaten. And so would you ever consider um, as Tesla's model becomes more sustainable, as you really ramp production at the manufacturing level, would Tesla supply other? OEMs with batteries and powertrains to solve the mission. So kind of a high level question a ton of people have for Tesla all the time. Like, are you going to sell this other tech to Volkswagen or Ford? Um, and they've always been super quiet about it, not wanted to answer it. There was like a 30 second silence after this question where Tesla is probably exchanging looks like, what do we say? My guess is they've had a bunch of meetings or some car companies have already had meetings about this with them. That's why they were so weird about it. But they would say it would be, and then Elon says it would be consistent with the mission to help other car companies with electric vehicles on battery and the powertrain front, possibly other fronts. We're open to supplying other car companies, um, but seems like a much more longer term thing. Then they talk about software version 10 and Macri says there was so much functionality put in that over the air update. You know, this is incredible. And you say this lays a foundation for things to come. Uh, you know, how so? And then I think it, it was fascinating because this is a perfect example of how Elon is saying there's been a million cases of smart summon already, and we're about to push an update in a week or two uh, with a new smart summon using all those data from those trials. This is starting to show the extreme value of Tesla's fleet of 700,000, soon to be a million connected smart cars on the road, constantly training this neural net, feeding that data back to Tesla, improving, getting smarter and smarter. This amazing flywheel feedback loop. We're starting to see it with smart summon. And then Elon also goes on this little tangent to say, like, we don't want to make cars a, you know, commoditized transport utility device. Like, we want you to actually want to be in your car, to have fun, to enjoy this product. Tesla is a, a product that wants you to maximize your fun. That's really what it is. And I think that's so 
This is so Steve Jobs-esque. This is so like visionary genius founder uh, level where there's like this innate desire to make products because they will make the world better and because they bring people joy, not just to kind of solve a problem on a spreadsheet. So I don't know, kind of a tangent, but I love that answer from Elon. They talk about credit revenues. They're not managing the business for credit revenues. They don't assume they're gonna get any, but they do think this will be a continual source of revenue for them. And frankly, I think Tesla has earned all this. Like they're the only ones who committed to EVs. They're putting in all the upfront work in R&D to sell hundreds of thousands of electric vehicles, governments are going to get more and more desperate to realize this is the future and they should be penalizing ICE cars more and more and more. I think Tesla owning production of EVs is an incredibly strategic asset as governments around the world realize how important this technology is and frankly are going to subsidize it more and more with systems that could potentially result in huge expansions in regulatory credit revenue for Tesla. So I don't think they need to rely on it, but is it potentially an exciting way for them to make a lot of money? Yes. And then Deutsche Bank talks about the pickup. Elon, of course, says, I can't say anything, and then says something, which is that it's going to be the best product we've ever built, like from his opinion. So I am pumped. Personally, I do want the Tesla Roadster, if I ever make it, to be my dream car, but I'm also thinking a souped up, swagged out Tesla pickup, Cybertrunk. I don't know. Could be my new dream car. Anyway, we're going to have to wait for the unveil. New Street Research comes in, asking Elon about the Model S and X. Um, Elon says, to be frank, we're kind of making those more for sentimental reasons. Like they're not important to the, the future of the company and really our mission. Um, and then he kind of walks back being like, but look, they're great cars. Model S literally won Motor Trend's best car ever. And he's like, new suspension, new powertrain, HEPA filter, fastest car in the world. If you're going to buy it, buy the Model S. Um, and so I like... And this is, I think people are going mi to totally misread this. When Elon says the Model S and X don't matter, um, it's because like they're not changing the world. There are only 100,000 of these cars every year. You know, Tesla's not really going to like move the needle on history by selling rich people fancy cars. The goal is to, those cars were subsidizing the technology to make it cheaper so we could really change the world and get this in the hands of millions of people. That's what Elon cares about. That's what Tesla investors care about. That's where the money's really gonna be made. And as exciting as it is for the Plaid powertrain and the brand halo effect to have these premium cars, I, I get where Elon is saying with that. And then he goes, I even forgot to mention, there's an over the air update coming that will improve the power of the SX and three in a couple weeks, 5% power improvement for the three, about 3% for S and X. Um, but there's another question here that I thought was really good. And this is the only part that I disagree with of Tesla, Elon, if you're watching on model Y, when you launch it, will it cannibalize model three? Have you thought about how to approach that? They say it's not expecting cannibalization. Then they go on this really defensive rant about how model S sales actually help model X sales. But I think Elon knows that that isn't, you shouldn't count on that model Y will cannibalize model three sales. That is because there's a fundamental misunderstanding of how the automotive work market works and how consumers are interacting with this change to electric vehicles. The entire theory that like consumers are like, Oh, CUV sales are rising. So we need to make a CUV because we'll sell this many cars. This many sedans are sold per year. So this is how many sedans people are going to buy. That's looking in the rearview mirror, not understanding what's really going on. The reason why model S and X sales crumbled, which Tesla wasn't expecting, is because they don't, it's not people buying a luxury SUV only looking at the Model X versus every other competing large SUV. They want electric car. They want Tesla. They like that brand. And when you release a Tesla, that's half the price, um, but has basically all the same features. Of course, it's going to cannibalize those sales. And so I think a lot of people just want an electric car. They just wanted a Tesla, but they would have rather gotten a Model Y than a Model 3, but the Model Y didn't exist. Anyway, it's a side tangent, but I do think Tesla should be careful there. So that wraps up the conference call, wraps up this episode. Want to give you, leave you with my, my final conclusion and thoughts here. So 
unbelievable quarter from Tesla, slightly less revenue than I was expecting, but profitability and cash flow because of improvements at the manufacturing level at gross margin led to you know them producing hundreds of millions of dollars. Cash has never been higher. Um, they've never been closer to a huge expansion with Model Y, um, with Tesla Shanghai Gigafactory. They have the money to fund it. They have the tech to fund it. I feel like so much of the thesis here has been validated. In the past four quarters, they pumped out over a billion in free cash flow despite investing for the future. Um, the solar roof is back on the table. Solar is back. Storage deployments are continuing to go through the roof with the mega pack introduction around the corner. Um, I mean, del delivery guidance, if you're reading between the lines, is for 105,000 units next quarter. Another record. I mean, battery and powertrain investor day is gonna come and I think show people just how far ahead Tesla is in that. Autopilot keeps iterating on itself. The fleet approach with Smart Summon keeps getting better. I mean, every aspect of Tesla's business, forgive my analogy here, is firing on all cylinders. I'm so, so proud. And like, honestly, at the at the end of the conference call, I kind of like started, it was almost hard for me to pay attention because I was so, so excited. And like, as much as the stock is up and I'm pumped about that, and I'm so pumped about like being right on all this stuff, Model Y early, Shanghai Gigafactory early, like the cash flow cadence, the amount of smart summon revenue recognition, like it feels great. But I also am like, man, this is so good for the world. Like, I don't really care about Tesla stock. Like, I care about Tesla stock and that it helps the company succeed and they need it to fund themselves and create their vision and make it a reality. But that's really what I'm in it for, that vision, that reality, that solar roof on your house, that electric car in the garage, that power wall on the side of the garage that takes you off of the grid that is the sustainable energy future that we need. I think Tesla's doing more to combat the climate crisis than any company in the world. That is why, like, my heart's a little bit warm and I'm so happy about these results not because the stock's going up, but because the, the percentage chance that Tesla is successful and that they really do change the world and they do it even faster than I thought is increasing. And that should make every human excited. And that is, that's why I'm so pumped and it feels so crazy to be a part of this company because you're really investing in something b bigger than yourself that the world desperately needs. And the way it's packaged in this technology company with Elon Musk releasing a million products, you know, with so much innovation going on, battery technology, powertrains, neural nets, self-driving, energy storage, you know, th this is like so, so it's, it's exciting, but it's, it's extremely important change and extremely important technology development that the world desperately needs. Protesting is great, but what's really gonna change the world is a more efficient solar panel and a more efficient battery and a cheaper electric vehicle. And there is one company building all three of those that is getting more and more successful and it's getting better and better at doing it and is looking more and more unstoppable, um, and that is Tesla. And so huge shout out to the whole team, Elon Musk, Martin, for the amazing new IR deck. I'm just really proud to be a shareholder this quarter. I think the long-term thesis has never been more intact and I'm just pumped. So anyway, would love to know what you think in the comments below. I'm signing off, but please leave it. You know, thoughts, opinion, analysis. Huge shout out to the Patreon supporters, producers, funding this channel. Um, you make this all possible. Um, you're the reason why I got to go to the Gigafactory, got to report on Model Y, got to do all this stuff. And so really, really appreciate the support on this channel because I just feel like this quarter on so many levels was just a win in terms of of, of hyperchanges research being validated and being so far ahead of Wall Street analysts, so far ahead of CNBC, so far ahead of Bloomberg that I'm just I'm just pumped at what's going on. And a lot of it is because of the comments and the emails I get from you guys. So please keep those coming. Signing off. See you guys next time. Peace.